Welcome back to the HR Happy Hour Show with Steve and Trish. Trish, big news this week in the podcast world that I know you follow really closely. I do. This week, Sirius, X, Sirius XM, the satellite radio company, announced that they are acquiring the podcast app and platform Stitcher. Oh, I didn't see that. $325 million. That's not bad. Goodness. So it's a, my question today is simple, Trish. As a longtime podcast host and expert, what is the app or service or platform that you use when you listen to podcasts? That is a great question, Steve. Um, you, I love you. Always surprise me. You're, you're going to probably also ridicule me, I would imagine. Oh, I my never. Because, so I, I find sometimes the most random apps to, to use for things. And I don't even know why I have this, but CastBox. C-A-S-T-B-O-X. CastBox is where I've been uh, listening to podcasts forever and a day. And that's where I listen to not only our show, but all of my other favorite um, podcasts. Cool. I wrote that down. Uh, I use a couple. And I bet the one I use most uh, frequently, you probably don't know either. It's called Podcast Addict. I don't know if you've ever run across that one. Really? No, I haven't. Okay, now I don't feel so bad. (laughs) I know, even more obscure. And I occasionally, oh, I'll occasionally Spotify as well. And, you know, maybe it's, a, it's something we can talk about another day. But uh, Spotify actually was not a Spotify person for music. I just never was a user of Spotify. But as uh, fans of the show will know, it, it, took, it took a long time for this show to actually get migrated over to the Spotify platform. I worked on it for a very long time. And once it finally happened, I wanted to ensure it was working, right? So I, uh, I put the Spotify app on my phone primarily just to double check that our shows were, were making it over there, which they are, and they still are. And so, uh, so every so often I'll pop on Spotify too. But what's kind of interesting, maybe for another day, as I said, is there are going to be more and more podcasts that are going to be platform specific. That's where this is going. So oh. especially like the really big kind of mass market podcasts, some of them will be Spotify only and I think other ones will become Stitcher only as a result of this latest deal between SiriusXM and Stitcher. I see. And that's going to change it, things a little bit because we're so used to um, you know, having our podcast and all the podcasts really just available everywhere that you can right. get podcasts. And that's not going to be the case, uh, I think, for some of the really big podcasts going forward. It's going to be kind of interesting to, to watch. Mm, so we'll have to start making some choices, sounds like. Maybe. Maybe. We need to get an exclusivity deal, maybe. 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 We well, negotiate so- before we get into the show, like what, what are other than, you know, listening to our show or listening back to it and checking it, what are one or two other podcasts that you really like to listen to, whether they're HR related or not? Yeah, I listen to sports a lot. Uh, I'm following the basketball uh, restart quite a bit. So I'll listen to uh, the Hoop Collective, which is a sports podcast, comes out of ESPN, um, the Zach Lowe, the Low Post by Zach Lowe, another basketball show. And for non-basketball, and I talked about this on the work break one day, but I love the Top Chef recap show called Pack Your Knives. So those are probably oh, the, right. the three that's I right. listen to the most. You probably have more highbrow taste than me. I'm listening to sports and reality show stuff. <laughs> I don't know that they're highbrow. I, I'm a big NPR girl, so I love listening to This American Life. Mm. And then for fun, I listen to Ask Me Another. Have you listened okay. to that one? No, but like I do have a quiz show. I've heard of it. I uh, I do have Throughline from NPR in my feed. Oh, okay, good. That's not bad either. That's long form. There's a really, really good one recently about uh, kind of the history of Hong Kong. I meant to send it over to you because I know you're like 
you know, just from all our experience over in China, you're interested in that stuff. I'll have to send you the link. It was really, really good. Oh, um, please do. I learned like a, a whole bunch of things about the history over there, which I didn't know. So anyway, anyway, cool. Very good. good stuff. There you go. Um, Trish, we have a cool, really cool show today. Um, and we're talking about communication in the workplace, but more specifically, you know, communicating in a crisis, uh, connecting with your employees, especially frontline workers who, who have had to work through a lot of um, just challenges and, and quite honestly, some really difficult situations, you know, uh, all, anywhere in the world, really. And um, our guest today to help uh, talk about that is uh, Regine Butner. Regine has more than 30 years of general HR experience. Uh, she's at DHL Express, and since joining DHL Express in 2007, she has held a number of different executive HR roles in diverse locations such as Dubai, Brussels, and Bonn. I hope I said that right. Bonn, Bonn, yeah. Bonn. Successfully setting up and implementing strategic HR initiatives across different regions. In her current role, she leads the global HR organization of DHL Express and is a member of the Global Management Board, as well as the DPDHL Group HR Board. And she is committed to supporting female talent in the organization and is involved in as a mentor in the organization. Regine, welcome to the HR Happy Hour Show. How are you today? Yeah, I'm very well. Thanks a lot. And it's great to be with you. It's, uh, Regine, tell us where in the world you're joining us from today. At the moment, I'm in Bonn due to Corona. That's very seldom. But due to, due to Corona, I cannot travel so much. I ah. hope it will be changed very soon. Yeah, don't don't we all? Uh, well, Regine, thank you so much for for being with us today. And we, like I said, we want to talk about employee communications in, in a crisis situation. But maybe before we dive into that, could you just give us a little kind of high level overview, maybe just a minute or so, ninety seconds on DHL Express, kind of the the scope of the organization, kind of the where you're located, kind of the rough rough, rough estimate of the size of the organization. Yeah. Maybe I, I can introduce myself first, Regine Wittner, sure. as you said. I'm married, have one wonderful daughter and even two grandchildren. And besides my family, I love really the job I'm doing. And this leads me, um, let me say, to answer your question. DHL Express uh, is in 220 countries and territories. So we are in every country in the world. Wow. Uh, we have it is really very uh, great, great job. So, um, and we cover all the regions. So, we cover more than 90 languages. Really fantastic. I mean, it's, it's really uh, uh, fantastic to be the HR leader for DHL Express. And we have 104,000 employees across the world. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That's that's a lot to keep track of, uh, particularly when you're, uh, God, Trish, I can't think of a more global organization. I don't know how many countries there are in the world. There can't be many more than 220. No. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. That's it. Well, you know what? And I think too, it's, I mean, obviously we're, we're going to talk about employee communication today, but I think um, especially for the HR um, professionals who are listening today, you know, knowing what you do, that's just such a daunting sort of role. So congratulations on, on just, you know, leading HR for an organization of that size and not just that size, but, but globally that size, right? With that footprint, I think has to have so many challenges. So um, we're really, really glad you joined us today to sort of dig in on how to, how to communicate better, because I think we can probably all take a lesson on that. Okay. Um, I mean, the, I 
think the most important topic is that you love what you are doing and that you really want to be a great place to work for all. It doesn't matter where you live, it doesn't matter where you are, it is really important that we are a great place to work for all. And this is really the guiding principle for everything, for everything what we are doing. And um, from a, let me say, strategic point of view, besides the crisis, we always had, let me say, motivated people first as one of our four strategic pillars. The second one is um, uh, being uh, customer-oriented. The third one is a great, uh, great network, a service quality. And then, of course, also to have a profitable network. So this is very important that we focus on, on our employee and have this employee mindset. And this is also what helps us through the crisis because what we said is even if a crisis hits us, it's even more important to take care of your employee and communi uh, communicate well. Because particularly when, it is, when the people feel uncertain, it is so important to talk to them and communicate well. Oh, I agree. Thank you for sharing that and sort of the, you know, the, the things that make up the foundation of the organization. I think that's so important. You know, Regine, one thing is, as you're talking, I'm thinking about is how, how do organizations, um, especially of your size and, and again, the footprint around the world, how do you really keep uh, your, your frontline people engaged and you know, sort of into the message that the organization is, is kind of putting out there. Um, I know you said that, you know, first and foremost, it's, it's about making sure everyone enjoys where they're working, right, and, and having a great place to work. What are some of the tactics, maybe, that go behind that of actually keeping your workforce engaged? So first of all, it's all about our our leaders, right? We need to trust our leaders, engage our leaders, and also develop our leaders. And then the second uh, the second thing is to communicate uh, communicate well in a, on a regular basis with your leaders and have cl clear priorities in place and also clear behavior in place. What we expect from our leaders. And then the third part, what we developed, uh, what we start uh, developing is an employee app where we really call smarter, where we really reach out to our frontline people uh, directly. So it really was good now also through the crisis that we really communicate directly with our frontline people. And last but not least, it's very, very important that you recognize and appreciate our uh, that we recognize and appreciate our employees so and i can use a few examples um, mm -hmm. let me say when it comes communication particular in crisis i mean um, at the beginning we made really to get the hands around the world we started with let me say have a daily report how our employees are doing who are let me say um, impacted from the corona, um, who are re recovered, who are in a very, uh, let me say, who are, uh, let me say, in a critical position, so that we really found out very quickly how, org how org our organization, how our organization is doing. Then we were quite clear on the, let me say, take away the uncertainty. We believe that our business, even if it dropped down for a few months during 
the crisis start, started in, in um, Asia, then came to Europe, then to America. Uh, we really started, let me say, to give the people the certainty that they don't lose their jobs. So this also took away a lot of pressure uh, from the employee side. And then we set really clear priorities. And with clear priorities, I don't mean that the priorities needs, needs to be the same. We always said we need to adjust our priorities according to the business development. And therefore, we set up regular uh, management meetings. We did town, virtual town hall meetings. We did virtual, let me say, regular communication meetings. And even, for example, I joined a lot of country or regional HR meetings to really talk about, listen to our, our HR people, listen to our employees, what they need, particularly now during the crisis, and what was special for the region or the country they were in, and what they expect from a global organization, how we can support them. That's great. That's, it's such a, an extensive plan and I can see how that would, you know, really lead to some success when it comes to, you know, management and communication during a crisis. You know, I do have a question. One of the things that you talked about was, uh, I liked how you phrased it, having trusted developed leaders, which is so important. You don't always have both, right? But you talked a little bit about, you mentioned leader behavior, sort of, yeah. you know, matching, uh, communicating often. I think that's something, I don't know that with many uh, organizations that I've heard sort of leader behavior be called out. Can you maybe just give a quick example of, you know, if, if you do have leaders who are communicating often, right, whether that be through that employee app or other, other mechanisms in the organization, there have to probably be times where, you know, maybe the, the behavior of the leaders isn't matching up. How do you or your HR professionals um, in uh, DHL Express sort of handle those situations? Is there any maybe advice you could give? Because I think sometimes in organizations, the leader behavior doesn't match the words that are coming out of their mouths. So, so what, what, we are, what we are doing, we have this kind of leadership behavior where we're always talking about and what is part of every single, uh, let me say, training program we have and also of our recognition program. So for example, we are always saying, okay, we need to lead with uh, head, heart, and gut, and um, this is even what we expect from from our leader. And our employees um, and our leaders get recognized on this kind of of behavior as well. So um, this is part of our, let me say, culture. And over years, it's really part of our uh, DNA. We always say this is our culture, this is our DNA. We have uh, mm. red and yellow blood in, our, in us. So um, this is what, what, we, what we do. For example, when it comes to, let me say, recognition programs, it's really um, that we base the recognition on this, on this uh, behaviors. Um, every year we have, uh, every uh, quarter, at least in every country, we have a quarter, uh, an employee of the quarter. Every year we have an employee of the uh, year. We put together 600 employees globally in, in the five, in six regions. And they get treated, let me say, like the laboratories for three days. And they get, let me say, the proposal who can be an employee of the year 
or um, and supervisor of the year, the people can an announce them or the manager can propose them. So that's really a very um, a great tool to make them visible and also to set other people see that we recognize the behavior. And uh, this helps a lot to drive this as a part of our culture. Regine, uh, a couple of things from me that's, uh, this is uh, really interesting. And uh, I guess the two, two part question really is, one is, are a lot of the things you're talking about in terms of communication and resetting priorities, et cetera, have they really changed a lot as a result of this crisis? Or you've had, had you had to implement like a new set of solutions and a new set of communication programs or maybe even some new recognition programs as a result of the crisis? And, and secondly, the, the second part of the question would be, with so many employees and many, many thousands of employees all over the world, do you have some you know, tools or technologies that you use to help facilitate um, some of these communication strategies and the recognition uh, approaches that you've implemented? So how has the communication uh, changed and the priority changed? First of all, the priority changed in a way that we said um, the crisis hit us in waves, right, as we, as, as we see uh, today, right? Uh, when you think a country um, came through it, you know tomorrow maybe a new, a new wave will hit, will hit the country. So therefore we said, um, as a first change in priority, we said we, have, we are a global network. We need to reach the global network all the time. And therefore we all have global targets. And we have one, for example, one global, uh, global COVID target. So every, all together, we want to, let me say, overcome the crisis and deliver as much shipment to our customer as possible. So this was one thing what came uh, from the countries, from our employees, that they really said, okay, we cannot manage it in the country because it is a global network. And if something goes wrong in, let me say in Asia, um, it cannot be, let me say, adjusted in, in the US and vice versa. And therefore we said, yeah, we are one global team, we are one global network, and therefore we have, we have one global target and we all win or we all lose together. So this was, for example, uh, one uh, change. Normally we have clear priorities on the country, on the region and on the global level. So then um, we really said, okay, uh, as much as possible, people can work from home, of course, uh, like a lot of other com uh, companies did. But what we said is we need to have not only, let me say, virtual business meetings with them, we also need to have a kind of get together together. So uh, we, we used Zoom, as we all do, right? But we didn't use it only for business purpose. We, need, we also used it for a kind of after-work party on a virtual, in a virtual way. So, and this was well perceived from our employees because they had the feeling, first of all, that they are still connected, that they could talk about the experience, how they feel. And uh, in, in another way, they were also linked together and they could talk about uh, So, and then a very important, uh, let me say, appreciation program, what we have in place is DHL Got Heart. Um, and this is particular during crisis, a very, uh, very important that we keep this program running. 
And this was a clear commitment of the global management board right at the beginning that we don't, let me say, cut these programs. So because particular in, in times like this, it is very important that we give something back to the society. Um, and this is what DHL Gotthard is all about. Um, our employees can, let me say, apply for um, uh, with their activities they do in their free time. Then on a regional and a global level, we decide who are the winners. And then the winners get, let me say, a huge amount of money what they can donate to their charity. Wow. For example, we have uh, in, in America, we just did a virtual celebration with the five uh, American uh, winners. So, and we had, for example, a person who really took care of COVID, uh, uh, COVID uh, impacted uh, people. Yeah, there were no health system in place in this country, and she really took care of the people, tried to help them, and this is fantastic. I mean, if you hear this kind of stories, you have tears in your eyes still after 20 years of experience in HR. You can't believe what people do in their free time. Yeah, and when we are talking under normal circumstances, let me say people help uh, kids uh, with cancer or help kids to f or help, help parents um, to find a place where they can live during uh, their kids get treated in a hospital, right? Because they didn't have the money to pay for their uh, for a location in this city. So but really, really very, very uh, heartbreaking stories. And it's amazing to work for a company who really um, recognizes and helps the people a little bit to create a better, uh, to create a better world. Absolutely. Regine, thank you for that. Uh, Trish, let's take a brief uh, second here to thank our uh, sponsors uh, who uh, we've been talking about recognition a little bit and it, it fits that uh, one of our sponsors uh, is WorkHuman, right? The leaders in recognition forever, right? And we just did recently a show with uh, Eric Moses from WorkHuman, which was great. And uh, folks can check back in the couple of shows back in the archive and listen to that. But uh, this episode of HR Happy Hour is made possible by WorkHuman who have now introduced Mood Tracker, a free modern voice of the employee tool built by data scientists, making it fast, easy, and actionable to get to the heart of organizational issues. And you can learn more at workhuman.com slash mood tracker. And we've been using Mood Tracker here in the org uh, and uh, like it. And I've got, in fact, I'm a little bit overdue on sending in my mood. I'm gonna do that today, Trish, I promise. Okay. And we also are sponsored by our friends at Paychex, one of the leading providers of HR, payroll, retirement, and insurance solutions for businesses of all size. Paychex also hosts podcasts that our audience may find interesting. The HR Leadership Series provides insights around the latest trends in our profession, and it features a variety of expert guests and influencers, including both of us, Trish, we're on there. Uh, we, we were on there sort of at the beginning of COVID-19. Maybe we'll invite us back to, to give an update. Uh, that, was a fun, that was a fun show. But, Absolutely. Um, and the business series also features conversations with business owners and paychex experts around the issues of the day, including the challenges businesses are facing during the current pandemic. You can listen and subscribe at paychecks.com slash podcasts or look for them on your favorite podcast platform. Maybe it's CastBox or <laughs> Podcast Attic. Uh, but yeah, check them out. Uh, and thanks to WorkHuman and to Paychex. All right. Well, I gotta get through. I, I gotta like uh, get a little more efficient getting through the reads, Trish. I'm a lot of breath, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. 
Okay. No, you know what? It's both of those are, are companies we really believe in and what they're doing. So it's exciting for me to hear um, kind of the latest, the latest sponsor reads because that changes too, right? They both have so many new things going on and so many things that the, both companies have been doing to help um, customers and potential customers during the pandemic. So yeah, I think in addition to what they normally do, um, you know, I just want to say these are these are two companies that actually go way above and beyond what anyone would expect, I think. And sure. uh, I'm, and always, I'm always happy to hear it. <laughs> yeah, so Regine, uh, let's get back to a little bit of the story. One thing I'm interested in, as, as, especially with large companies, large global companies with a lot of frontline workers or navigating through this crisis, are there, are there some things that, that you as the HR leader or your HR team is kind of are learning that, that maybe have come up and, and are kind of new challenges that have come up through the crisis that that, uh, that you're having to deal with, but also thinking about, hey, we can do some things differently post the crisis and, and, and maybe make things better or, or increase engagement, increase our uh, opportunities to recognize our employees and keep them safe, et cetera. Is there, there's some kind of aha moments maybe you've had over these last few months that are, that are gonna stick with you and stick with the organization moving forward? For me, it's very important. Uh, it's a great question. For me, it's very important that you stay strong, um, show empathy, um, about, uh, let me say, uh, the people needs, take care of the health and well-being of your employees and give them or take away as much uncertainty as you can. So this is very important for an HR leader from my point of view. And it's also um, very important that you stay for your own values. Even in crisis and you have maybe a financial impact, you need to stay for your own values and also be strong in it. And then, of course, when you listen to your employees or when you think about what solutions you can find, then um, it is easy, let me say, to go for um, a concept with mobile, uh, mobile work, but then how to realize it for thousands of people within, let me say, days, that was a, a huge challenge. And we were really able to make it what we never thought we, we could do before. So, and this is one lesson learned if you ask about it. So you can, if you believe that you can do it and then you can do it and you find solutions for it. And this was one of the, one of the things that really made me proud as well. So we saved our employees. If they could work from home, we had not a lot of impact on our customers. So all our customer service agency could work from home. And for our employees, let me say frontline employees like couriers, we really said we find a technical way that they don't have to uh, be in close contact with the customers. We said, okay, they can even say uh, sign a deliver that the package is delivered without let me say, be in contact with the, uh, with the customers, um, uh, close with the customers. Then it's, it's very important what I learned is having trust. If you trust your, your management team, if you trust your employees, they come up with amazing solutions, how they manage, uh, how they manage the different, uh, let me say, challenges in, in your organization. And to be open for, for uh, new solutions and share best, uh, best practice. This is, what we, this is what we did as well, right? We, we, we developed a platform really to uh, show where, what the different countries have done. 
And then also with Great Place to Work, um, you know that we are listed uh, and ranked number five last year on Great Place to uh, number four Great Place to Work. And what we really want to do now is to, with a survey, to ask our employees, uh, our frontline people, um, and our managers how they felt how we managed the crisis to, to really. Uh, learn from them what we should be, uh, what we should do differently, or what went very well. So, and this gives us, let me say, a great possibility to develop us even further for the uh, for the future and be ready, uh, let me say, uh, for digitalization in the future. And I'm sure with this crisis, we found and an, an, let me say. We started the transformation process for digitalization, if you ask me. And a lot of uh, concerns are, let me say, are going away because we showed that it is possible and that it is possible under very challenging circumstances. So we will be even able to do it better under normal circumstances. <laughs> Regina, thank you for that. I just, uh, as you were talking, I was like, oh man, I didn't do, all, I didn't do enough research and I just pulled up the list. Uh, World's best workplaces 2019 from great place to work and there you are DHL Express number four. That is impressive. I didn't even know that. Yeah, we work hard on it. <laughs> wow. But we, have, we have fantastic employees. I mean, I have to say fantastic employees, fantastic leaders and only together as a management team and with our fantastic superstars, we could achieve it. Yeah, well, that's awesome. You know, I love that you um, gave some really practical examples of what you're doing, but I, I even more than that, I love the fact that you were talking about, you know, just being strong together and having that positive approach and positive attitude. I think that goes a long way to getting, you know, sort of the result of being on a great place to work list, right? And having that, it's all about that relationship and the, the attitude you all have going together in that direction. Um, one thing I wonder about that, though, is um, how do you think about purpose in your organization? I know that, you know, especially if you're having um, employees with a really good attitude, leaders with a really good attitude about, you know, being strong together. How did you all find your purpose um, during, you know, a pandemic? Because I think that's maybe where a lot of organizations are still struggling is what is their purpose? Any advice uh, there? Yeah, I mean, it's part of our, our leadership attributes. Um, and our really mission is um, connecting people, improving lives. And this we had before, but during the, uh, during the pandemic, it was even more important because people felt how important it is to deliver the shipment, right? Because in this shipment, it could be medical, uh, um, medical stuff. It could be, let me say, a food. It could be everything. But really makes a huge difference for the people around the world. And people also experience, for example, when we could not bring uh, the stuff out of Asia uh, due to the crisis, what an impact it has on the global trade. I mean, uh, remember, we didn't have enough masks or we didn't have enough medical treatment, only one example, right? And this is where we suddenly felt how important our our purpose is that we really, with every shipment, it may be very, very important to, to uh, our customer because we can change 
let me say, their life, we can make their life more important and we can make their life more uh, easy. And this is what our employees experience. And therefore, um, we, put, we uh, let me say, had a kind of, of um, um, on the social media, the, uh, the club in, right? So we really um, said they could be pride of themselves. Um, and we really clapped them in, for example, when they came back from work or if they uh, load or offload our airplanes. We really, as a management team, clapped for them because they were our heroes. And then we decided last week um, also to give a special bonus for our employees because they did such a fantastic job. We said it is really worth to say thank you to them what they have done so far. And this is what we will pay out in the next, uh, let me say, around uh, eight weeks. Oh, you know what, Regina, I love that story because, um, you know, maybe to, to someone listening, they might not think about how um, delivering packages really either has a purpose in a crisis or, you know, you just don't think about those things as being so directly impactful to people. But that story of how you're talking about, you know, each of your employees understands um, you know, the customer's need for that package. And it might be something that's life-saving. It might be something that's going to, you know, uh, give them medical protection or whatnot. And knowing that each of your deliveries, um, each employee is thinking about that, I think that's really, really impactful, right? Because I think, again, that's where many companies um, struggle to make that tie between the importance of what each person is doing on a daily basis and how that actually impacts another person. So what a great, what a great story. Thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. I was thinking the same thing, Trish, like, like, yeah, when you frame it up that way and you think like what's in this package could be just critically important. It's always important, but like, especially in a time like this, any given package could be just critically important mass or PPE or just you name it, right? So many things, food, I mean, uh, supplies, needed supplies, right? Because they were so hard to get, right? right? I mean, you go back just a couple months and even still now, right? Mm-hmm. You go to the some of the, some of the stores around Teeth where I live and there's still things that are not there, still things that are missing, right? You can't seem to find. And if, uh, yeah, you need that, that trusted, reliable partner thinking, uh, working hard and working, um, working to get you what you need and, and realizing how important it is. And, and I mean, it's just, the numbers speak for themselves. We mentioned the great place to work thing. I looked at some more of the details on it uh, just a second ago, and it's staggering the high percentages of em- engaged employees, people who are proud to say that they work at DHL, people who would you know uh, recommend DHL to to their uh, to their friends and family to work. It's uh, so impressive, Regina. I just uh, um, I don't know. That's all I can say. It's really really impressive, and it's a great story. And uh, uh, just thanks so much for taking some time to to spend with us today, all the way from Germany, uh, which is our our first guest from Germany in a while, I think, Trish, maybe in a long time. I think so. So very very happy to be with you, as I said at the beginning, and thanks so much that I could share the stories. I really believe in HR. I really believe in the people, and together, I think we can make the world a little bit a better place to be. Yeah, absolutely. That is well, well said. Uh, Regine Bootner, Global SVP of HR, DHL Express, one of the most admired companies in the world, one of the best places to work in the world. Just a really, really great story. We're so happy you were able to be with us today. Wow, just great stuff. I, this is a really fun, fun conversation. It is. I, you know me, I like the ones where you, you can walk away with some real life examples of what's working. And 
you know, it's different than just a survey maybe that shows best practices, right? It's, it's the actual stories behind it and yeah. how you get the feeling behind it. And I think Regine did a really nice job of, yeah, of sharing some of those insights. Okay. So with that said, uh, we'll put some links to DHL in the show notes as well, as, as well as anything else. Um, maybe uh, we can talk about uh, our favorite podcast app some more, but uh, this has been super fun. We want to thank WorkHuman as well as Paychex one more time. Thanks for all the support. And please do check out uh, our shows in the archive with both of them. And uh, we thank them. And uh, that's it. Uh, I guess for, I'll, I will take us out, Trish, for Regine, for you, Trish McFarland. My name is Steve Bowes. Thank you so much for listening to the HR Happy Hour Show. We will see you next time and bye for now.